Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode three of Who You Loving with me, Corey Dilliston and me, Rachel Campbell. This week we're talking about Candy Floss TV, the price of Fredo bars and are married women insufferable? Who you loving by Corey and Rachel for all of your throwbacks and recommendations. Oh, tell us about tell us um tell us about your birthday. Oh, well, I mean just another lockdown birthday. So is it like just another manic Monday? <laughs> um it was good, like it was good, but it's just, you know, that's my second birthday in lockdown, so it's just been a bit it's been an anticlimax, isn't it? But do you remember this time last year, though, that was like a thing? It was like lockdown I birthday because we thought that like only a small person, only 12 weeks worth of birthdays would happen in that time. Whereas here we are one year later. Well, this is the thing. So like it was good. Like as in I had a lovely time. Connor made it really special. He bought me a really lovely cake um, and some really nice presents. And then obviously you sent me presents in the post and quite a few people sent me presents in the post which is lovely because it feels like it's like more effort to send them in the post isn't it it's like ooh, <laughs> like thank you so much oh so exciting getting away delivery so we did that and I had pizza for dinner which is always a winner um yeah it was it was lovely it was really nice but like I'm hoping that my 30th looks a little bit different uh next year and that we get to actually have some form of party I'm definitely even feeling it today like I feel like I just really miss my friends yeah for sure just like fed up looking at my husband and also not like not in a horrible way and also my sister but I mean like as in they're my bubble so like they're the only people I've seen since Christmas at this stage nearly um we started off the podcast on a positive note this week (laughs) um how are things with you all good yeah, all good. I mean, all boring. I cannot stress that enough. Um, I think everyone's just like done with this and just like wants to get back to reality. So we're starting with what we've been watching this week. Yeah, go for it. Um, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so I started, I think you probably have heard of this, but because I think it's kind of... Um, trending at the minute Ginny and Georgia on Netflix heard of it yeah seen it on Netflix but don't I have started watching it it's very good it is good um didn't really know what to expect like all I knew that it was I knew it was popular at the minute but I didn't know what it was or or what like I didn't know what it was about I didn't know what the genre was really um I'd seen a clip Mm. on TikTok I was like oh that's funny so I'll watch it kind of thing um it's kind of I was thinking about it earlier I was like how can I describe it the the closest I can think to like the kind of like layout or the format or whatever is it's kind of like Desperate Housewives in that like yeah in that it's you know suburban um you know families in this kind of very privileged very white neighborhood um and then there's kind of behind the scenes maybe darker stuff going on but not maybe whereas like Desperate Housewives obviously you've got so much going on in each household that's so dark really this 
you're mainly just focusing on the main characters here, Ginny and Georgia. Uh, Georgia's the mom and Ginny is the daughter. Georgia had Ginny when she was 15 and now Ginny is 15 when the program starts. So the mom is the same age as us <laughs> and the daughter is like 15. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and like, Oh, I'm not I know. Able. And even the other day, like we were, um, me and my sister, we were down um, getting takeout on Botanic and I walked past a group of teenagers, I was saying to Jess after, um, and they were, now they were probably, I think, well on it considering they wouldn't have been legally allowed to drink and they were definitely drinking and there was a bit of weed and whatever. But they, I walked past them and one tall guy who couldn't have been more than 16 said to his, his friend, uh, that's straight up fire, bro. <laughs> I don't know what it was in relation to, but I was like, I cannot pass for like a young person. Because if I turned to you and said, yeah, Corey, I've been watching Ginny and Georgia. It's straight up fire, bro. <laughs> you would definitely be like, what are you talking about? So that's how you know you're not cool anymore. Um. But even in the in the program, like one of the more recent episodes that I've watched, um, they're going to a Halloween party and the there's she's in a group of friends, there's four girls, they all hang out together and keep in mind they're fifteen, set in present day. So um and uh, they're trying to discuss like what group costume they'll go as. And one of the girls says, Oh, we should go as like the many faces of Britney Spears, like basically like schoolgirl Britney, red jumpsuit Britney, blah blah blah. And the other one goes, Yeah, that's so retro. Oh Christ. Yeah, I don't think I think I would have like an identity crisis. Yeah. No, but it, it's brilliant. So basically that's so they're suburban, they're in this like um very privileged neighborhood at a very kind of privileged school. Um, but they have come from like, well, they've been all over kind of thing, moved around or whatever. Um, but when we first meet them, they're moving to this neighborhood off the back of um, Georgia having just been widowed by her ex-husband died in a suspicious car accident. There's darkness there that we maybe don't know the full story of and we're unraveling that as the program goes on. Definitely a desperate housewife. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It? So that's what I've been watching. I have been enjoying it. So I'm on episode seven of ten, and it's it's just the one season that's out so far. Just one season so far, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, I've definitely heard about it, and like you said, it's been trending. Uh-huh. So um, be interesting to see. Definitely interesting to watch. Um, I'm going to talk about a movie called Justice League. Oh my Rising. god, are no, you? <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> no. <laughs> No way, we would not have enough time to go through that movie. And I would like probably be like harshly, harshly criticized at my lack of um DC universe knowledge. So we'll not go there. Um no, I've been like deliberating whether to talk about this or not, because I feel like this is the kind of show that people are like, this is trash TV. Uh why are you watching it? But I'm here for it. I'm committing to it. And it's for me it's like a nice little escapism but also like close to home it's like nostalgia and also like excitement for future nights out and it's Jersey Shore family vacation so I just randomly started watching it I watched some of the original 
series which were back I think it first came out in 2009 and obviously Jersey Shore was like original I would say reality TV sort of of our time outside of like the likes of Big Brother do you know what I mean Jersey Shore came first and then it was Geordie Shore and The Only Way is Essex and The Valleys all that stuff and then now obviously they've done this sort of reunion series um which originally came out in 2018 so this would have been set four years after their original sort of antics um and they're slightly older than us which like makes me feel a bit better about myself um but in this sort of four-year period like um the girls have got married had a few kids each some of the guys have had kids or are now in long-term relationships now at the time they were like these early 20s uh all single all piled into a house together just like completely randomers and I feel like it was sort of before the age really of proper influencer culture like so it would have been pretty popular a couple of years before we went to college so like and I don't and keep in mind when we moved which is mad but when we moved into halls in first year there wasn't any wi-fi oh my goodness oh my goodness I feel like a dinosaur when we moved in we were the last night uh, that's right the year after there was wi-fi but the year we moved in it was wired ethernet oh so there couldn't have been influencer culture because we didn't I don't even think Instagram was big when we were in first year it only really no. came into play when we were in second year yeah I feel like now that I think I feel like 2009 is when Jersey Shore started and I think that was the year I got Facebook uh-huh. so so like I feel like these are like the authentic reality stars you know not like the Love Islanders that we have today like they were literally just like commoners I feel like um thrown into this house in New Jersey given like free reign to like party they're they were crazy in the first series now but now obviously right they're coming back and they're going on on vacation they go to like so there's like four seasons of this new series and it's to be fair it's a little bit hold on four dragged out four seasons of them going on vacation of of the reunion yeah yeah just like abandoning kids husbands just right okay I was thinking when you said family vacation that they were bringing their babies and husbands with them oh no 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 it's it's they do make the odd appearance and they like go to each other's houses and each like they go to like a baby shower or like a gender reveal party of each other's they've obviously just like MTV have obviously just like reinvested in their life do you know what it's like I just think it's like so funny to see and there's like one character in particular who has like reformed themselves so they're now like totally sober like they go out they're sipping on their water and their their whole like character is reformed like without giving too much away but anyone who knows anything about Jersey Shore and has been remotely following them or seen any headlines they will know like the crack but like you know one of the one of them has been to jail and it shows you like a bit of their court drama and it's it's just like mental how because I feel like as well with these shows when they do sort of this reunion show x amount of years later it's very rare to get everyone back Mm -hmm. but they have the vast majority of the squad and they have 
you know, one of the guys gets married and has everyone involved. And it's just, it's just nice. Like it's a wee bit, like, I think it's, it's just nice trash TV. Like I'm, I'm here for it. I can't remember where I heard it on a different podcast and they were like, oh, it's just candy floss for the eyes and ears. Like it's not, it's not substantial, but you know. But sometimes I just want a wee bit of candy. Exactly. Sometimes you just want candy floss and that's it. That's fine. Like the wee raccoon. Um, <laughs> like our wee chum, the raccoon. But what have you been listening to this week? So, um, in true contradictory style, like last week, I was like, "Yeah, I love Darren Laughs of Your Life. It's uplifting. It's nice, blah blah." Um, this week, I've been listening to Murder in Mauritius. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, right. Is obviously about um the 2011 murder of Michaela McAreevey on uh-huh. her honeymoon um, in Mauritius and it's actually hosted do we say hosted narrated it's it's her husband John her sorry her husband John her brother Mark and John's sister Claire the so three of those um on the podcast uh-huh and they're just really recalling the event, I suppose. Um, there's nine episodes, some of those very, very short, like four minutes, some like 20 minutes. And then I think the, the longest one's sort of 50 minutes long. Just, a friend had told me about it and I thought, I remember obviously, what's that, 10 years ago now? Um, so we would have been... We were in school when it happened. We, we were, were in, in school. Leaving search. Yeah. Leaving search year. And then, um, like, she would have been younger than what we are now, which is mad because I remember not really thinking that, like, just assuming she was, well, at that age, I suppose you think um, married people are old. Um, <laughs> but so, like, I, I couldn't have told you any details about it, really. I remember, mm-hmm. like, read it was all over the papers, of course. It was like, internationally all over the news and this is just really like succinctly told they go through sort of some of the main details of the actual murder the trial the case some of the key pieces of evidence their sort of journey in sort of fighting for justice I just enjoy I like I do like a wee true crime series depending on how they're told like Mm -hmm. sometimes I switch off if like for stupid things like if I don't like the accent or if I'm not interested in the narrator whereas this obviously you can like it's very close to home first of all anyway um and then having it being told obviously by the people who were closest to her uh or some of the people who were closest to her yeah I mean I, I would recommend it for anyone who like me didn't really know like I remember Obviously, she was on her honeymoon. She was murdered. I remember there was a while where he was suspect. Then the actual prime suspects getting acquitted. Um, and it just goes through really th- things in more detail, obviously, from, from their perspective. But a lot of things that I didn't know. And it's what what I was actually really surprised with as well is that they're so composed um, well, yeah, because I would say only because they've had um, 10 years to process mm, it. There's no way it could be otherwise. Yeah. And there's honestly like it's 
done really like credit to them like they're so strong and so composed in the delivery of the whole thing a lot a lot of stuff I didn't know as did, I didn't follow it either you knew knew the bare minimum um so it was just interesting to get so and you know what they spoke about was evidence so it was stuff that was presented in court it's not like speculation or like their opinion or whatever it's it's stuff that was used in the actual trial um and then just stuff about like how they were treated over there and um so definitely something a bit more I don't want to say dark but maybe deeper yeah the last of your life but um, Uh, interesting if like I was just listening to it just when I was out like walking and stuff um is knowledge if that makes sense yeah yeah you know what I mean um so we would highly recommend very good well I am coming with an offering that maybe is a little bit lighter thankfully (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I don't know whether right so I love a podcast that is an interview with a celebrity or an interview with you know someone of significance Mm -hmm. that also involves food it's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite genres of podcast (laughs) so there's quite a few and I'll I'll save some of my other recommendations for another day but one of them is out to lunch with Jay Rayner did I ever make you listen to it before I don't think so doesn't ring a bell so it actually I I follow the podcast like I would listen to it quite often um but then it just so happened that it came up on my feed I was scrolling back and I noticed that um he'd done an interview with Philippa Perry who wrote one of the books that we read this year um so I I thought well I'll listen to that and then link that back obviously to to the book we've been reading um so basically the the concept is um that Jay Rayner, who's a food critic and a food writer, originally, if you listen back to the older episodes pre-COVID, um, he went obviously out to lunch with um various people of importance or significance, and they would have their lunch and then they would have an interview at the same time. And then the older episodes, the pre-2020 episodes, there's something very comforting about them because they're in a restaurant and you can hear that little hubbub and chatter and clinging of glasses and all, all that stuff we miss in the background, uh, which is lovely. And it kind of feels like in in kind of in a non-creepy way, it feels like you're sitting and listening to somebody's conversation over lunch. Oh, like in French Village where the tables are so close together, you can hear the next person's uh-huh. conversation. Uh huh. So that's what it. You know, that's kind of the the basis of the show. There's some really really good episodes that I'd listened to anyway before. He's had people on. I'm just I have it open here, but he's had the likes of Russell T Davis, who is the writer of. He was a writer on Doctor Who, and um, he also recently wrote um It's a Sin, which was a massive TV show, mm. um a few months ago. Um, he's had a few like actors, Jason Isaacs, Jamie Dornan, Stanley Tucci, and he's had, you know, like Jesse Ware, loads of like people of interest. <laughs> um, I'm not even saying because obviously some people might not like want to be called a celebrity, but they are celebrities. Well, you know, um, but a lot of them are a bit more, it's, you know, they're usually quite highbrow celebrities like Mm. they're writers or journalists or psychiatrists or whatever so I listened to the episode with Philippa Perry totally took me by surprise how 
she was in the episode. I because the thing is, I'm recommending the podcast as, as a whole. Um, if you've no interest in Philip Perry, that's fair enough. I did have a specific interest this week just because I'd been reading her book. She herself in the episode is it's you should listen to it having read her book because I well it's probably my own um closed view in that I would think if I think of like a, a therapist, I would think of someone who's quite like like very professional, takes themselves very seriously wears a grey suit and sits you know on a sofa looking at you with over their glasses taking notes mm-hmm. and I don't think Philippa Perry's like that at all and I didn't realize that until I listened to the podcast she's quite like I don't want to say eccentric but she's quite like she's married to an artist who I think is actually quite famous I'm not familiar with him myself but his name's Grayson Perry mm-hmm. and he's he's a famous artist he's also um he's a cross dresser if that's is that the correct word for it anymore <laughs> but he he dresses they have a daughter together or whatever um and she was talking about having gone she went to art college and that's where she met her husband um and she was just kind of talking through her background and it was totally different from what I anticipated mm. her being like and what her life was like I really enjoy that podcast in general it's very 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 good I feel like everyone should give it a listen I love listening to it like Ashling B pops up on those podcasts every time and like I'll just listen to her over and over again she tells me a lot of times you know they repeat stuff they'll say oh you know like Ashling B was raised by her mom um, mm-hmm. and her sister I think she has a sister and she had like aunties and stuff and that always gets brought up and I'm just like oh I'm just gonna hear about Ashling B's whole childhood again <laughs> while she eats lunch like <laughs> Um, I feel like that's when you know you're a true fan of someone when you recognize them in like multiple podcasts or multiple uh-huh. or like when you, yeah when you go out of your way to listen to them talk yeah. about nothing like or you know like if they've nothing to promote when they're literally just talking about their lives but you're like oh I'll listen to that again hopefully next year or well maybe even the later half of this year we'll start hearing out to lunch at restaurants again so this week we've both read both books and I Mm-hmm. Like full disclaimer, full disclosure, Corey read Ghosts in October 2020. <laughs> it took me a little while to catch up, but um, we'll talk maybe about the one that's fresher in our minds, which is I'm gonna because it's quite the long title, so I'm gonna <laughs> pull it out in front of me. So the book you wish your parents had read, and your children will be glad that you did, by Philippa Perry. This feels like a proper book club with both of us having the physical copies here with us. So, um, overall, I thought what what I said to you there, that it was the kind of book when you're looking for something to underline, you could have been there just like leaving sort of history all day, highlighting, highlighting, highlighting. Um, Uh I say that as if I did leave insert history, which I did not. Did you do leave insert history, you mad thing? You're Um, wild. I was, I was just lucky. I had a good teacher and I I knew the right things for the, for the day that was on it. I I honestly think you could open any page in this book and find something that you can take from it. Right. Yeah. I think it's something that I would, would put on my shelf and come back to like, do you think, do you think that like it is? A hundred percent. I feel like it's something that like, I think it's definitely something that's good to read before. Obviously you, neither you nor I are actually a parent yet. <laughs> um, and it is, 
it's it's a parenting book it is a book yeah. it's a book about right. parenting this is what I was going to let me just I sort of the book you that title the book you wish your parents had read of course it is very self-explanatory I was like you know there's plenty of books I wish my parents had read but this book is very you know it says at the start I'm not a parent Emmanuel I'm not going to tell you xyz but it is the the crux of the matter is it's about parent-child relationship and the impact that that then has on the life of the person or on Mm -hmm. future relationships um and I think that is sort of why that there's why there's so much in it that you can take from it and why you would definitely like you you could refer back to that book when you needed advice or tips Mm -hmm. or on Mm -hmm. specific parenting circumstances I think yeah well that's like as in I was saying it it is it's a parenting book it's a book about parenting but I think there's absolutely no harm in reading it either if you intend to have children or even if you don't and you just want to understand the psych- psychology of a of the parent child relationship mm-hmm. um i also think if you are planning on having kids i was thinking about this while i was reading the book it's interesting that like if you're in any other kind of major life event there's a lot of preparation for it so like the likes of if you're if you're planning to learn to drive a car you have to go and do your theory test and then you have to pass your practical exam and you have to do hours and hours of driving lessons and then you can drive a car after it's been approved after all these things that you can drive a car but if you want to have a baby biology allowing you can just have a baby there's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing stopping you being entirely underqualified for that <laughs> that's really interesting like as in and people say as well you know like you need a dog license you need to if you want to have a dog you need to have a dog license you need mm-hmm. very little like literally if you want to have a baby again biology allowing you can just go and have a baby yeah there's nothing standing in your way there um and I think doing the work and reading up about things like this um it's going to be as long as you're willing to learn it's going to be hugely beneficial to nearly anyone mm-hmm. um whether it's you know for your own future children or just to understand again why people are the way they are <laughs> you know even if you don't have children don't plan on having children it it helps understand how to interact with children like ways to maybe speak to them mm-hmm. you know there there are loads of sort of examples of this of you know rather than saying so one part I um oh yes so be observant rather than judgmental mm-hmm. so she says for example you know you're better to say to a child I liked how hard you were concentrating when you did those sums rather than you're really good at maths so like this sort of reframing your observations uh-huh and there was a bit as well where she said instead of saying when a child's like on a wall walking you know along a wee thin wall or whatever instead of saying careful careful don't fall off blah 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 say you're being so careful 
you're really practicing your balancing there like because yeah. that brings that into their head without shouting at them and giving out mm-hmm. um which is something that I would never have thought of before so I thought that was really interesting there were some bits in it definitely that I was like that kind of like almost blew my mind <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. that's amazing mm-hmm. uh one that I've actually underlined I've underlined a section um that I thought was really really interesting was a statistic Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, in one survey, teenagers and parents were asked whether they agreed or disagreed with the following statement. Parents getting on well is one of the most important factors in raising happy children. 70% of teenagers agreed compared to only 33% of parents. Which I just think is fascinating because like, mm-hmm. it just goes to show that I feel like parents can really be in denial about the impact that it's just their relationship connection, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, I also thought now I shared this one with I haven't actually got the direct quote. I went looking for it in the book and I couldn't find it. But there's a bit and you'll you'll remember it because it stuck it stuck out to me. I was like, oh my word when I <laughs> when I read it. Um about not telling your child when something's silly because you're dismissing their feelings. Mm-hmm. So what the, what she said is if you're telling them that no, you have to eat the lentil stew that my that your granny's made for you. And oh, was this about like gratitude and stuff as well, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. No? It was it was about kind of the ick factor. That's what I've written down in my notes. Yes. yes. Right. So they 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 have this lentil stew in front of them and they don't want it and they kind of kick up. And you as a parent say, Now stop that, you're being silly. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of my friends who are parents would say you're being silly. And I always thought, fair enough, because when we were kids, I don't know whether it was the same for you, but we would have been told stop being stupid, mm-hmm. which isn't very nice. <laughs> so it would have been kind of, you know, stop being stupid about something which you know obviously doesn't make you feel good at all. Even as an adult, you wouldn't want to be told that. But as a child being told that something's silly you would think I wouldn't think twice about that it wouldn't cross my mind to think that that was a bad way to tell a child to behave or whatever but what she argued was that if a child feels that 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 meal in front of them is is icky and it makes them feel icky mm-hmm. and yeah, you I then say I remember this now yeah and you then say stop being silly and dismiss that feeling of them feeling icky when if something terrible should happen such as that they feel a bit icky because an adult touched them in an inappropriate way they mightn't tell you because you've told them that that icky feeling is silly and that blew my mind I was like oh my word (laughs) like what and then but I did share I shared it with a colleague of mine and I shared it with my husband both male now to be fair I don't know whether that has anything to do with it but they both really dismissed it and said no that's wild that's not that's not how it works but you would think naturally are they psychologists (laughs) Uh, no (laughs) but it it makes sense the child feels icky you've dismissed it and now when they feel icky again they won't feel comfortable to tell you that they do they're not going to be forthcoming with that yeah no I think no it's like it's not wild to connect that like that seems like a very logical link to me and I think that came up like there were a few instances of where she would sort of frame these sort of situations in childhood and in later life Uh and how the maybe root of the situation is similar or overlaps 
and how the parents' reaction could, uh, I imagine, in the long run, obviously, if it was a one-off reaction, you know, she's very, she always reiterates that, you know, the damage is never done. You can always repair and, and work to mend these relationships and she's very like understanding in that way and you know if you're a parent and you find yourself doing xyz you can now do abc from now Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. and that will sort of build bridges or whatever like i i mean i think that was mind-blowing as well and and there were a few scenarios where where that came up and to me it makes sense so ghosts i know obviously i've got a six month refresher on you on this one <laughs> but um I finally read Ghosts by Dolly Alderton it's Dolly Alderton's debut novel is that correct because her, her previous book was a memoir so this is this is her debut novel um and I read it and I really enjoyed it I have I don't have very many admittedly don't have very many single friends at the moment I have one very close friend who's single and who has expressed to me before the frustration of what online dating has become the this whole thing of being ghosted which wasn't really a thing that's what I was about the to say. last like, time I was single a recent phenomenon like dating apps and like obviously you and Connor are together for ages but like this thing is literally so it's it's just a different ball game, I think. Yeah. I you know, I, I haven't experienced being ghosted. I don't think. I mean, maybe back in the day if you were texting a boy, but not to the extent that where like you're literally deleted out of their life. And that's what the that's where the title of the book comes from. It's it's about being ghosted. It's not kind of a paranormal situation. <laughs> and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the main character is ghosted. Because I think no, that's, that's no, I think that's it's self-explanatory. But like the way it's built up, and I kind of always envisage when people say about being ghosted that they met someone a week ago and then the person yeah. disappeared. I never thought that it was like they build an entire relationship and then this person just disappears. Like it's crazy. I know. So, but and then obviously she parallels the story of her being ghosted with her background is that she's close with her father who was an academic. He was an English teacher and he is almost being ghosted by his memories in that he is losing his memories to Alzheimer's. And that's a very sad theme that runs throughout the story. Mm-hmm. Um and it's something that a lot of people have experience with. I think most people have experience with at this stage. And that was very well written, I thought. And also very sad, very poignant. I have a few quotes that I would like to share. I went looking through mine because I would like I'd be in the habit of um, taking pictures of pages when I mm-hmm. find quotes. And I mm-hmm. remember taking a picture of this one. This is. And it's not relevant to any of the major themes. Um, it's not in line with what you've just said. It's uh-huh. just something I um, screenshotted at the time. But be very sensitive. Men always have to keep a low flame burning for every X. It will be flickering in their form, even if he doesn't know it is. 
whereas women always have to extinguish it. I hate to think. I don't want to know about any of my exes and their flames. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, thank you. But I, was, I was like, oh, like Dolly's so wise. So wise. Uh-huh. Well, that's, I've actually written down in my notes, um, observational. I feel like she's an excellent observational writer. Um, the way that she writes about things, you can just tell that she has observed it in real life and analysed it and written it in a fantastic way that's just so relatable and understandable. And do you remember, this is reminding me of, remember we went on that Zoom call of her book launch of this? Uh-huh. Um, and she would speak about how she would like go and meet her friends in a bar and she wouldn't even have taken off her coat and someone would have said something and she'd be like, oh, oh, and they'd be like, oh, okay, just go write it down, write it down because she was obviously always like taking in material I suppose um and that's that's so true there was a quote that I wanted to share um on the theory of why basically why men ghost women but also kind of the way that men of our generation behave in serious relationships and this quote is from the character Lola and she's talking about why why the millennial man is the way he is um so she says men of our generation often disappear once they've got a woman to say i love you back to them because it's almost like they've completed a game because they're the first boys who grew up glued to their playstations and game boys they aren't conditioned to develop any sense of honor and duty in adolescence the way our fathers were playstations replaced parenting they were taught to look for fun, complete the fun, then get to the next level, switch players or try a new game. They need maximum stimulation all the time. I love you is the relationship equivalent of level 17 of Tomb Raider 2 for a lot of millennial men. <laughs> Which <Wow>. is just... <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I get to say that as someone who's happily married. I I can't imagine navigating dating right now especially obviously with the pandemic and everything but just the way that online dating obviously has developed over the past decade is bonkers like everything's so different I'm assured by single friends that it's no longer it used to be if you were on like the likes of tinder you met the person pretty rapidly um off the back of you know there wasn't this back and forth for ages and ages there might have been a back and forth for a couple of days and then you would meet them because obviously it was weird to keep this online constructed version of them in your head where they could have been catfishing you it could have been particular angles it could have been whatever that when you actually meet them in person there might be no chemistry they might be entirely physically different um so it was always like that whereas now and I think even pre-pandemic I'm told there's this kind of back and forth for so long and sometimes then there isn't even a date there's nothing it just fizzles out which is like, it's almost like, as Lola, the character says in the book, it's a game for them. It's that, oh, well, I got somebody to swipe right on me. I got somebody to talk to me for a little bit. I got the ego boost. I'm done. Which, that's, that's not it. the point. That's <laughs> like, horrible to think of it like that. But I think, and the, and I do think, having read... um having read Ghosts by Dolly Alderton that I now have, even as a as a woman who's not in that realm, 
have real sympathy for anyone that is trying to maneuver around this particular era of dating. Honestly, like not to be melodramatic, but I couldn't think of anything worse. Which moves us very swiftly on to our topic for this week. Are we insufferable, Corey? (laughs) (laughs) Off the back of us being like, yeah, I can't imagine anything worse than being single. No, no, I'm not saying I couldn't imagine anything worse than it. I just couldn't imagine anything worse. Like the pandemic online dating. I think uh-huh. that like But this is because in the book, um, there are certain this this is why I wanted to talk about this topic. Um, there are moments in it that I was like, Oh, please let me have firstly never done this on anyone that I know, um, or to have anyone experience it. But I do think it might have been a cultural thing, because obviously the book is set in England. I think as Irish women and Northern Irish women, and there might be English women listening and you might want to correct me and that's fine um but I think Irish women Northern Irish women we're very good at saying I'm going on a night out with the girls you're not invited <laughs> do you know it's that kind of like I think in general from my experience anyway in my friendship groups generally people are quite good at going no this is a girl's thing me and the girls are having movie in Chinese at my house or me and the girls are going for afternoon tea or me and the me and the girls are doing stuff and plus ones are not invited whereas in this book it felt very like if you didn't have a plus one you were relatively insignificant which was harsh like as in is that your circle though like why do you think differently Ooh. No, I just don't know. If I'm gonna it have is. to get the the shade noise from RuPaul's Drag Race out for you for this episode. <laughs> I just mean like like I know of instances whereby friends of mine who are in relationships have suggested like let's do this and all bring our partners or let's mm. do couples this and couples that. And ordinarily, that isn't my thing. Like, because even right, there's a scene, there's a scene, or there's a whole say, chapter of this book that's set at a wedding. And at one point, they take a photo with all the women that are married or engaged. Were you? Yeah, yeah? that's a bit bizarre, right? So it was because they wanted pictures of all these women around the bride holding out their ring finger, oh. um, which it's just so exclusionary and horrible and then there's another moment at that same wedding where one of the women she's actually the maid of honor says to the table this question's for all the couples sorry nina and excludes the main character from the conversation and the conversation is just about love languages and what your love language is and your partner's love language or whatever so rude sorry that is not a good friend mouth so rude but she's not really the main character's friend so that's obviously Mm. But like, firstly, so rude. Secondly, she could still answer that question. She still has a love language, regardless of whether she has a partner or not. And then thirdly, Dolly Alderton describes the scene and she says, um, you know, oh, all the women started piping up saying my love language is uh, words of affirmation. Mine's this, mine's whatever. And the husbands all sit staring off into the distance or on their phones or whatever. And that to me is what happens when people start saying oh bring your boyfriend to girls night <laughs> that's so funny um 
no, I know what you mean. I I suppose I suppose it depends though, like because you know then there are people I mean, is this real or is this something that like maybe used to happen in like school or college? But mm. when like a certain group of girls were going out with a certain group of boys and they were all friends. Mm, mm. Well this is um going way back to way back, it was like six weeks ago, to our first episode <laughs> when we were talking about sentimental in the city, which I know you haven't mm. caught up on yet. Correct? Not yet. Working for it. But Dolly Aldridge and Caroline um O'Donoghue, who very kindly has tweeted us a couple of times on Twitter, so we're standing her now. Um but they <laughs> They talk about the fire pit. Have you heard about this yet? No. So they talk about the fire pit and what the fire pit is that in their dream fantasy life where they're, you know, a wee bit older and they have their kids and their kids are tucked into bed and they're having their glass of wine on holiday in a chateau in France. And the husbands are out at the fire pit outside and they're like having a beer and chatting to each other. and. Dolly says that her, when she's dating someone, she thinks about the fire pit and whether they could go and talk to Caroline's other half at the fire pit. Right? Oh, interesting. <laughs> but the thing is, out of all my friends, and this is no like shade or nastiness or anything, but because I hang out primarily with my female friends, I have a few friends who are very close with their partners and that maybe like there's, I know of one couple off the top of my head who, they've been going together since college and I knew him as long as I've known her I'm mm-hmm. very close with them as a couple that's mm-hmm. a different situation yeah. but for the most part I don't really I don't terribly know their boyfriends that well they're their partners mm-hmm. and what I do know of them is that none of the partners of any of my friends who are all quite obviously have quite a lot of mutual interests blah blah, blah. me is one of their mutual interests yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the partners would not they're not friends that would they wouldn't I don't think they'd gel as a group I think it's really oh, bizarre we're getting into the thick of it now um I think it's really nervous. bizarre to assume that no I, I I'm not pointing at anybody or anything and saying anything horrible about anyone I don't mean that what I mean is that like right say right we'll exclusively talk about ourselves and our partners who don't uh-huh. know each other uh-huh. and probably have very different interests I feel like they both like like Zack Snyder yeah, but that's and that's all they could talk about is. Mm. But then, to be fair, as mentioned in Ghosts, is that the that's how men men just find something abstract. Yeah, that they, yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> that they both mutually like and talk about it in a way that, like, I think what I think about this fire pit thing and this, it's not something that I would particularly value. You know, no, like yeah, I I don't. But this is what I'm saying. Is it an Irish women thing? But then Caroline's mm-hmm. Irish. But what I'm saying is, I the, I mean Irish culture. She obviously lives in London. I think the Irish culture is that well, leave your husband at home or leave him wherever. It's not really. Do you know what I mean? I don't care whether Ooh, your husband and my husband never get along. Like and off the back of that, I think we're better as a society at including single women or women who maybe aren't in a serious relationship or whatever because we hang out as women and not as couples so interesting Rachel that's such a good observation and I think as well having been to haven't been to actually that many weddings as an adult 
but from what I remember in general and even the devs and things like now obviously you're young when you go to the devs so things like that it's very much boys in one corner girls in the oh, other yeah, for isn't sure. it and I think it must be an Irish thing actually yeah like I don't like I remember the Gale talked and like yeah now Dance obviously boys line up here girls line up uh-huh, there uh-huh. like adolescence comes into that as well but in general even when you went out as a group on nights out when you were in college and everybody was interested in everybody because it was that kind of like Ooh, who will kiss who will not kiss <laughs> but even then if you went out as a group 10 people five boys five girls and you sat down at a booth the five girls sat beside each other and the five boys sat beside each other and like we were all oh, friends so true. But let the boys yeah. be boys and let the girls be girls. <laughs> but yeah, I think it might right. be an I I think it's an Irish thing. I think it's maybe a bit of an old fashioned thing. It also reminds me of the hen party in that. I remember the hen weekend in Ghosts was very much and like I've never been to a hen do, so I don't Sorry. Imagine what, <laughs> what they like. For context, like... I did Corey out of a Hindu as her best friend. <laughs> I literally, because I got married in secret instead. So um... glad we've got that on the record there. I just, I remember it was like a bit painful for the singletons. Yes. And even Nina, who's the main character, and Lola, who's her best friend, are the only two single girls at that hen party. And they get put on the Satan plan when they all sit for dinner beside each of them or sit beside a pregnant lady, I think. But this is why I think maybe just from an entirely societal thing, maybe women who are in serious relationships here in Ireland slash Northern Ireland are maybe less that way. Like less, there's less of a um, tribal mindset there. Like we're not like, I don't really care that I'm married. I care about hanging out with my friends. Like, regardless of their relationship status. Yeah. But yeah, we do have... Oh, we have our throwback of the week. And our throwback this week is... Dun, 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 snacks oh, that have gone yes. have gone missing. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was off the back. So, Easter has just happened. Um. So, by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, it will be the weekend after Easter. But we recorded it on Easter Monday. And we were talking about the fact that Easter eggs used to have sweets in them. And now they don't. The, the, the sweets have gone. Um, and that used to, I loved that as a kid. There was something really magical about cracking the egg open and seeing your little packet of buttons or whatever chilling in there. <laughs> like, For sure. <laughs> um, and now I don't know whether it's because it's a choking hazard or what's happened, but they're not in there anymore, very disappointingly. Um, and then we started talking about other snacks that we don't have anymore and we did we used to have Corey you stum- stumbled upon toffos in your research is toffos oh is yeah, that what they're called to be fair if you had said the name to me I wouldn't have thought twice but when you see the red packet you'll remember yeah that. everybody go and google we'll wait uh, <laughs> I remember we, I used to get them in there was a wee like Swedish shop across from my granny's house and that's where mm-hmm. you used to get all the good stuff mm-hmm. um Toffles they're kind of like a firm favorite individually wrapped Cadbury's eclairs in a ch- red and yeah. yellow tube although there is it it's just toffee isn't it yeah no, no there's was well, there not chocolate in them there had to be something in them actually because remember they did like a mint I remember they did a green packet oh maybe they were them. actually just toffee they were good anyway I I would and do you know Make what if we had them now we probably wouldn't even like them 
it's that no, thing of like <laughs> you know like when the nostalgia makes it taste different i know i uh, true um toffos for were definitely a firm favorite and also mm-hmm. then the wee frosties they were like cheap they were was are they cola flavored Oh yes, the Frosties, um, little sweets. They were like ten like p, yeah, toady tube, hard boiled sweets with sugar on the outside of them. Yeah, they were good. They were great. What a time! Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be <laughs> I, <with> sugar. <laughs> I really miss um wibbly wobbly wonders because they came back for a little while and then they disappeared again. They had they came back when we were in in school they were like a they were an ice pop with yeah and they had like two flavors of ice cream on the bottom and then kind of like a it's not it was like a jelly on the top but it wasn't jelly because that would be gross but it almost was like a jelly um and I feel like one of the flavors of ice cream was like marshmallow or something it was freaking really nice um and now it's gone forever and I don't know why. It makes me so sad. And Funny Feet as well, which wasn't as nice, but Funny Feet was still, it was good because it was shaped like a foot. I do remember those as well. Can you still get Banshee bones or not? Never heard I feel, of them. I feel like they're too scary now. Banshee. What is it, Banshee bones? Banshee bones. They're, they're crisps. Um, that. Oh, no, I think they do still do those. They're crisp and they're like pickled onion or something. But they've got yeah, no, they they still exist. Um, but look at the state of the. Have you have you googled it? Yeah. How scary are they? <laughs> <laughs> There's oh, they're actually salt and vinegar. I definitely thought they were pickled onion. Um, oh, so but the 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 front of the bag used to scare the life out of me. I think for that reason, I didn't buy them. I still miss purple snack bars as well, which you can't get in Northern oh. Ireland. Purple on snack bars every week. Definitely the best snacks. Like as opposed to the yellow and what's the other one? Oh yeah, pink. Pink's crap. It's just a crap timeout. Oh actually, do you know what I wrote in my notes? Is that um so the kids on TikTok these days, if something if somebody posts about something or whatever, they'll say, Oh yeah, but don't let this distract you from the inflation of the price of a chicken mayo at McDonald's, because it went from like 99p to 109 or something. But like our thing was, do you remember it used to be Freddo Frogs? Freddos, yeah. Yes. Get away Just- with your chicken mayo. <laughs> so like I can't remember why I was I had I across my mind the other day that Freddo frogs to me were invented in Ireland. They're an Irish chocolate bar. They're an Irish institution. They're not invented by Ireland. They were invented in Australia, uh, which I'm not surprised at because when I went to Melbourne, they did have lots of Freddo frogs. So that's definitely a thing. But they were invented by an Australian confectionery company, which then was bought out by Cadbury's. Oh, right, okay. So that's where Freddo's come from. But if you go on the Wikipedia page, because I obviously went on for that information, but on the Wikipedia page, there's like a whole section about the cost of Freddo's, like inflation of cost of Freddo's. No way. That is so funny. (laughs) By the time we're elderly, the Freddo's will be like 100 quid. So Corey, what are you looking forward to for next week? So I am... Inspired by 
you reading ghosts and being like, look, I know it was a hype in October. I'm going to read it now. I haven't read it. Um, I'm going to go with something that was also a hype last year. And it's uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. Delia Owens. I have heard of it. I wonder, do I have it? I might. No, I don't think I did buy it, you know. I just heard of a few people who have read it. I actually saw that it's number two in Ireland. Matt Haig posted a newspaper clip where he was number one and this was number two. So Uh I was like, you know what? It's still relevant. If it's still in the Irish book charts, I'm going to go for it. Um, So looking forward to seeing what the hype was all about. What about you? What are you looking forward to? So I am going to read a book that I bought in September. (laughs) Um, I think, I don't know whether you've heard of this, because like, I think I bought it off the back of a recommendation. Um, He is mine and I have no other by Rebecca O'Connor. So I actually bought it in, there's a small bookshop in, I don't know whether I've mentioned it before in the podcast because I love it, but in Cork called Vibes and Scribes. Mm, You told me about this. And um, basically it's it's like a charity bookshop in that you bring your own books in and they resell them, but they actually offer you a certain amount of money towards the book, like obviously not the full value, but they buy the books secondhand from you and then sell them on secondhand. Um and it's because of that, because there's an incentive, the books are all pretty quite new and stuff. Um like they're like chart books. So I went there when I was on my honeymoon in Cork last September and um I bought a rake of books in it and then I read a couple of them when I was on honeymoon and then I forgot all about the rest so classic me yeah um so I'm going to give um that we want to read next well for for next week's podcast not next week the week after um thank you everybody for listening we hope and pray that this is as our third podcast that our microphones have worked (laughs) (laughs) we won't know until we download the audio um the struggle of recording from the cupboard eh (laughs) um but thank you so much for listening and you'll hear from us again in two weeks bye